I need support staff to clear the room. Stand up and walk now. Hello and welcome to The Watch on the Channel 33 podcast feed. My name is Chris Ryan and I am joined in my office. He just found out he got taken off the final version of Wolves. It's Andy Greenwald! Tough day for me. Great day for America. Uh, Andy, it is Thursday night at 6 o'clock in Los Angeles. Yep. And we are living in a post-Life of Pablo world. This is the Life of Podlo. Oh, that's good. Did you yeah. just think of that? This is the Watch Re-Up, where you can find us on the Channel 33 podcast feed on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And today, we are going to be doing a short podcast yep. about Kanye West's new album, The Life of Pablo. Although, calling it an album is kind of a misnomer. It's we're, an event. We're not quite sure what it was that happened today, but we I think we loved it. Yeah, let's break it down. Um, best way to organizing principle here, let's do winners and losers. Should we? Should we? I, I, can I just set the mood for a second? Sure, set the mood. So, 4 p.m. East Coast time, 1 p.m. West Coast time, doors open at Madison Square Garden. All the luminaries you'd expect at a record release party, like um, like 40 models who are told not to move. Because Including they are, Veronica Webb and Naomi Campbell. Because they're pieces and of art. Thug. And uh, yeah, and Young Thug and Lamar Odom. And, and was, was, was Swaggy there? Was Nick uh, Young there? Th- those guys were on the side, yeah. Lamar and Swaggy were not participating they were not in the ex- actual fashion right. show. And yeah. uh, well, as far as we know. Yeah. Uh, and then Kanye played his record for a couple thousand, couple, what, 30, 40,000 of his closest yeah, friends in the room. Yeah, he's season three, Madison Square Garden. And then he walked, on, he walked out. He's wearing a red long sleeves t-shirt and a red baseball cap. And he was just kind of like... Here's my new album. Feel free to dance to it. Yep. And hit play and and uh, unleash the flutes on everybody. So we want to do winners and losers yeah. from today because it was kind of like, sort of like an amazingly chaotic, game changing, and also just it, wonderfully stupid day. If every word you just used, I think, is an adjective that we've used to describe Kanye's build up to this album over the last three weeks. It was anarchic yeah. it was kind of beautiful it was utterly perplexing and it was a lot of fun yeah and it, it, the weird thing was is that watching him he seemed like he was in control of the whole thing i was worried that there yes. was going to be like the lights didn't work no well he's a crazy person yeah. in the best possible way and he did at the very end i was thought this was big of him he thanked people for literally staying up for the last 95 hours working on this and vanessa beecroft who is the artist who has become his collaborator on these events you, you have to think that she was asked to do this 10 days ago. There's no, like, the window of when she was told this was happening and then doing it, the, it's no greater than right. 10 days. Right, So the fact well, that they pulled it off. Well, if she did, it's like the the concept behind it must have changed a couple of times, as has the album title. That's what I'm saying. And then even at the end of, the, of, of his talk, he was just like, thanks to Paris because I flew there two weeks ago to, like, purchase the, the leather from the boots. Like, he's not, he's been busy. Yeah. He's been busy. He's been he's been burning the midnight oil. So and yet, and then we'll get into the winners and losers. But the thing that was the best takeaway about this is that he kind of does know what he's doing. And yes. when you put a microphone in front of him, you know it's been a dangerous situation in the past. There are a couple caught a couple L's with a, with a hot mic or with a hot keyboard. But yes, but yeah, exactly. But he is he's a funny guy, and he has a sense of humor, and he knows what he's doing. And so when he says. It's it's often easier when he makes tweet-like pronouncements live into a microphone because you can kind of gauge, is he 80% serious, right. 20% serious? You, you can tell. So I thought the vibe was surprisingly posy, as is the album. So the first one I want to address here then, yeah. going off of this, is the first loser of the night. Oh, you're going to begin with loser. All yeah, right. I All think right. I'm going to go first loser of the night, and I think that it was the concept of the album release. Okay. Which we've actually been talking about in the last few weeks yeah. with Rihanna, with Beyonce, and now with Kanye. 
is the f- fluidity of the term album release. What are we really talking about? I don't here? know. Right. I mean, now, now Beyonce doesn't have an album to put out yet, but she is sort of internalizing like the means of production and distribution. You know, it's like she controls <laughs> all that. Okay, Karl Marx. Yeah, and your, Rihanna had a few hiccups possibly where, you know, Doug from Tidal, we'll yeah. get to him later, yeah. may have hit the wrong button when he meant to hit option, he hit alt, and he, it just kind of went out. He George pushed the button, man. Yeah, but Kanye... Uh, seems to be, I think you, it's like you're saying, it's anarchic. And there's something, this was supposed to be, I think by all, everybody thought, okay, this show's going to be over and I will have a Kanye West album ready to download mm-hmm. from the streaming service of of his choice or my choice. Yeah. And it is 6.15, 6.30 or whatever. There's not a commercially available Life of Pablo yet. No, and in fact, the record that we're going to be talking about may not end up being the record. We're really not sure about that. Because not only did songs that we fully expected to be on it not make the cut, the song Wolves, and we'll come back to some of the specifics about it, but Wolves was performed on the Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary event last year. Yeah. With Vic Mensa and Sia, neither of whom made the final version of the record. <laughs> I know. So, you know, we don't really know what it is that we're talking about, but I kind of, is it wrong for me to say that I like that? It's its, it's surprising. I wish I had the record right now to listen to. I'm not going to lie to you. But there was something about it that felt really, 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 um, I said anarchic, so it, it, it's just... It was it was creative chaos, it, it, which is probably the way this was made. The he did the version we heard today is definitely the version he finished at three fifty eight p.m. Right, and there's to that extent, no matter how corporate it feels with Adidas being involved and and performing or like the listening session for an album taking place in Madison Square and, Garden. It still feels kind of DIY and weird. Yes, but let's say this, because we went from a period of, of time, especially with a hip-hop record, right, the hip-hop album, it really suffered for a 10-year period because the, the album became a, uh, an exercise in which an artist would dangle potential singles and sounds to radio stations in hopes of finding a hit. And if they found the hit, they would quickly build the album around that, and they would build it with beats and tracks and collaborations that had been piled up for God knows how long. Yeah. So anywhere from one week to three years. So the album itself would be, you know, would be a bloated beast of a thing that really captured nothing other than the the artist's desire to connect. Right. Hit certain quadrants, you know, like, yeah. To, 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 to the, the big tent theory right. of record making. The thing that Kanye did this with Yeezus... And he has done it to an even greater degree with Life of Pablo. Is this is actually a snapshot of this dude right now in February of 2016? Yeah, there's like a Rob Kardashian Black China reference that's only been like a public story for yeah, the, a couple of weeks. This, now. this is the album as Snapchat. Right. Like this, this moment might fade. Where the vibe that he's on might change. But I find that pretty exciting because yeah. we know that he is 1,000 percent committed to these songs in this order today. Right now, I alluded to this. Um, a second ago, but one of my first winners for this would have to be um, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, good luck by the old lady. This is the first time in a while that I've had a lot of New York envy. Um, mm-hmm. There was all these crowd shots in the title live stream of the uh, of the show, and it was just all these people in coats. And it was like, they're cold, yeah, it's... and they were inside at Madison Square Garden, and it's like New York, and it's 
29,000 of the coolest people you could possibly know just like listening yeah. to this record for the not, first time. Not all the great famous wrestlers. They didn't all make it. No, no. Ric Flair, was, I don't think Ric Flair was didn't there. Ma- Michael Jordan didn't make it, got booed. Yeah, and it was just like the scene of all the dudes standing behind Kanye at yeah. this laptop at the table where it was like Pusha and Nick Young. Pusha looked regal. Pusha looked real happy. Pusha has has made a second career out of being next to Kanye when good shit happens. Absolutely like, right. The first time they did Runaway at the VMAs. Probably uh, the most important moment of my life that wasn't getting married or having a child. Yeah. Um, but Push and 2 Chains and um, Thug and all the guys who were like standing around Kanye, yeah. it just seemed like a really fun moment. So it's something that should be antiseptic or weird. That's right. Or, this is... or corporate just somehow takes on this. It, it was weirdly shambolic in a way that was surprising and re- not surprising in the sense that they pulled this together in, you know, in seven days, but surprising considering the stakes and the money and the egos involved. And, you know, I... I'm going back to that cold weather in uh, in 24 hours, so I can't say I, I felt any right. any pangs about that. But I was impressed at Madison Square Garden, which, as you know, is one of the most antiseptic and generally unpleasant places to to, to do see much music. Of, to I do think much it's like a cool. It's a, it's pretty decent for sporting events. Well, it's good in the sense that the it's hallowed, yeah. so you know what's going on. And the energy and atmosphere is good, but the building itself is not a place I would go. The for last much time I was at MSG for a show was Oasis with Ryan Adams opening. That's pretty good. Uh, last time I was there for a show was uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac. Nice. Yeah. You know, weirdly, Young Thug was on stage for that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was just a, that was a cool thing, and it was in it as a as a New Yorker, it made me happy that though Kanye is spending a lot of time up in Calabasas from Chicago, jetting to Paris. Um, when it's time to do this, I know it's Fashion Week, but when it's time to un- unveil the album, that's where he goes. Channel 33 is brought to you by Lisa. Lisa is like the Tom Shoes or Warby Parker for mattresses. Lisa has done away with the awkward mattress showroom experience that we've all suffered through by creating a luxury mattress experience that is ordered completely online and ships for free to your doorstep, compressed in a box the size of a mini fridge. The 10-inch mattress comes in all sizes and is crafted with three unique foam layers, including two inches of memory foam and two inches of a really cool latex-like foam called Avena that's perforated to keep you cool as the other side of the pillow. Lisa gives you 100 nights to try your mattress risk-free, and for every 10 they sell, they donate one to a shelter. How awesome is that? Go to leesa.com slash bspn and enter promo code bspn at checkout to get $75 off. Sleep tight. Yeah, so why don't we do another loser here? So we had the real-life stuff was all happening very well. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your boy Doug from Title. Oh, my man caught another L. My man is having the work week from hell. You know what? To be fair, once it became apparent that you could watch this live stream on a lower bandwidth within the video, yeah. and that it would actually work, I think that we were it was everything worked out. But there was a lot of heat that that, that Doug was catching. Yeah. yeah, here's the thing: like Doug is coming off a week where he accidentally <laughs> did command control, you know, whatever, and dropped the Rihanna album. Yeah. And then you think that he's probably like, he just wants to, you know, it's, it's that you want to get away. I mean, that's, he wants to fly southwest. He wants to go on vacation. He wants to take a break. Seriously. But then they come to him and he's like, oh, God, this is it. They're going to fire me. I'm not going to make it. And then they're like, we got a project coming up. And he's like, oh, my God, like, this is this weird trial by fire because I just fumbled the ball on the biggest project we've had to date. So now they want, they're going to trust me with another album. Do you think that and Doug then they're was like, like, wait, they're like, this is what they say to Doug. They're like, Doug. We'd actually like you to do a live stream that could support 20 million people in a week. And he's like, this is a music service. Yeah. I'm Doug. Didn't you look at my CV? I don't do this. I have a timeshare in Naples, Florida. I have a timeshare in Naples, Florida. I got a neck pillow I like to put on at the end of a long day. Nothing, nothing makes me happier than to curl up with a DVR full of old Scorpion episodes. Except possibly JetBlue's complimentary wafers. Oh, do you think he likes those? Yeah. I think he likes, you know, he likes... 
yeah, he likes those blue chips. Yeah. Look, Tug is a man of simple pleasures. <laughs> you know what I mean? He likes he likes he likes his neck pillow around his neck, and he likes Travis Scott and his earbuds. Yeah. That's Doug. Yeah. You know Doug. <laughs> Everyone knows Doug. And for him to be just on blast like this again, that's tough, man. But you, you gotta feel for him. So here's my favorite thing about today is that if the loser was Doug from Title, who had some buffering problems in the beginning of the day, the winner was a decidedly instant vintage piece of technology, the aux cord. Yes, there Bring is it a very back. real aux cord now. The aux cord. To is be just, clear, you're saying A U X. You're not referring to like cattle management. So do you say A U X cord? No, I, I say aux, but I, 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 you know what? Let's be honest. I rarely say it. How often does that come <laughs> yeah, right, up? Right. Because so, you were you were walking around being like big day for aux. Cords, and I was like, was there an element that was sort of like Amish people? I, I was picturing, you know, curtailing cattle. There's something more personal about the aux cord than Bluetooth, if you ask me. Oh my because, god! Because like when you get into somebody's car like and they're the just like, fuzzy here, hit. you can just plug that in. It's like that first pop, Zzz. right? And then you get in, and then you're on somebody else's iPhone. You don't have to link. No, you know what I mean. You it, don't have to it, hope it, that there's good Bluetooth. When you wanted to play me Zane Lowe talking about Adele on a loop <laughs> in my rented Chevy Malibu, the return of the artist. What did you did you try to like sync your phone? No, no, you jammed that. That John in there. Yeah, and then what was great about this was at the end, after this, this album has been played, part. dudes were just taking the aux cord. Yeah. Young Thug was like, Young Thug wants to play some music now. Yeah, some new S from Thug. And then Vic Mensa got his... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, got the, the, a writer, Chris X, tweeted um, that the 21st century version of like turning on the ugly light is letting Vic Mensa grab the iPod. <laughs> that cleared the garden. Um, it's you... like, not that many things could force people back out into 20 degree midtown no, exactly. weather at like, dusk. Like, oh, I really want to stretch my legs. <laughs> yeah. oh, what if the A train's clear now? Okay. It's bracing out there. Yeah. Uh, Pizza Suprema. Can we get one to go? Look, um... Do you remember, I know you remember, there was a time when, when you and I were, we were young thugs ourselves. Fox core DJs. And we would uh, we would go and, and DJ in, in the biggest quotes possible. There was a bar in, in Brooklyn that we would, Make we would a, frequent. Make a, a playlist on our iPod bricks. I, devices, with dial, yeah. yeah. And, we would, and we would just play songs. And then there was something super fun about the fact that you could just trade off and, oh, I got something, I got something. And it can get, that could get annoying mm-hmm. when, you know, if you invited, like, I guess... I guess uh, that was back in the time when 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 Doug worked for Napster, or you know. Some it was always pre- cool when you were doing one of those sets, and then a guy would be like, "Do you guys want to hear my Dusty Fingers deep funk crates?" That was Doug. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that was like a pre. I don't know what he's. What company would he be like? Cosmo.com. Doug. He's like, it's brilliant. You can order a candy bar to your desk. What could go the wrong? The break on this song is tremendous, dudes. <laughs> but there was something like th- this is the high low stuff that we really like with our pop artists, and especially with artists that we love like Kanye, which is. He cares so much about this show that, that in it's circulating, you can find it online, but the list of do's and don'ts for the models was so extreme and excessive and wild it specific. It was like, you are a picture. Yeah. Do not move. <laughs> do, if, should your legs become tired, yeah. just suffer. And it was great because everybody was so stoic, but Naomi Campbell was like, I'm up here, man. Uh, uh, Screw this. I'm, yeah. I'm grooving to this. But, but so in something that rigid and scripted, there's still room for him to be like, I'll just unplug this and we'll plug in. We'll plug in Vic Mensa's iPhone. Like yeah. this is what this is going to be now. Um, that was that was a very nice thing. My favorite thing about one of my favorite things about, especially the last with Yeezus and with Twisted Fantasy, is how Kanye records are also 
clubhouses for like a lot of my favorite musicians coming together yes. at once. And this one seems no different. We were just vibing out. What was that called? The Ultra Light Beams that has the Dream and Kirk Franklin and Kelly Price and Chance the Rapper that's on the that, first song. That's that gospel flow. Yeah. And we are on a, a what was it? We are a God Dream. Was that the yeah. line? That's the shirt. He was wearing the shirt. Oh, right. That says Ultra Light Beam. Um, God drink, and we're, this, this is all new to us. But so this is... let's talk about some of the winners and losers of the non-Kanye participants in the life of Pablo. Okay, okay. Right. So I think the dream's got to be up there because he's on a couple of these songs. That makes me so happy. Yeah, and he is, you know, a phenomenal songwriter. And yes, and f- kind of fell out of favor for a minute, even though pretty much everything he's done has been bo- like border. Baseline is always interesting. Yeah. His ceiling is higher than almost anyone. He stayed busy with with Pusha, and I wonder if this was because he's all over the 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 King Push prequel. And is he just a got? Is he a good music kind of house guy now? Well, I wonder house if, producer. if that might be evidence of President Push having a little bit of influence Maybe. on the uninfluenceable artist that right. runs his label. Uh, another person who you know got well off of this is Young Thug, who's going to be performing with Kanye on Saturday. Yes. And got to get a little bit of burn for his own song, like, yeah, like at the very let's, end. Let's talk about yeah. the track he's on, too. One of our favorite tracks from 2015 was the Jamie XX song, Good Times. Yeah. Which, it's like you take this rapper who's often talking about using the curtains in the back of his car to wipe off parts of himself. <laughs> And then you put him on this song that just sounds like the most <laughs> wonderful that summer jam. sounded like the Dowager Countess describing Young Thug. By the way, I would watch that episode. Like, I've, I've been out on Down for a minute, but I would watch that episode. Um, he is He's so malleable. You could just put him on these different kinds of tracks, and he does it again here. Like, this tr- highlights is so... It's got that warm feeling. Maybe yeah. it's because I'm out here in the sunshine in California, but it was. it's, it's a really delightful song. And... Uh, he picks the right people. Yeah, I mean the the dream stuff. The I love Chance's verse on on yeah, Ultra Light Beams. I, I'm gonna have to learn to love Chance. I'm gonna have really? To come, yeah, I'm not. What, what's his like Johnny Trombone? I'm, I don't I don't feel that Johnny tr- Johnny Trumpet. Nah, I'm not feeling that. Yeah. I don't mean to make Donnie Donnie Trumpet. You're confusing me. You try to get me into that, and I want to be a part of it with you, but I can't go down that road. Uh, I disagree with you. What about? I, should we do the flip side of that? Because yeah, the, absolutely. Because this is, this is sort of the problem with this. The problem is that when you start seeing those pictures mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, my God, he's doing it. He's doing it again. He's doing Dark Twisted Fantasy. He is, he's yeah. he's put up the bat signal and all the people who matter or who are interesting are going to show up. And, and he's going to be the lightning rod and everything and, is going to strike. And then you're yeah. like, hmm, Post Malone. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know? I mean, Ty Dolla Sign, happy about that. Yeah. But let's start right from the top. Like, no parties in L.A. No more parties in L.A. No more, no more parties. Right. So Kendrick, he That's has one of those that the, I think we could see it if might there's a commercial version of it, it will have slash no more parties. Uh, one other thing takeaway from today is that there are Kanye doesn't do B-sides anymore. He doesn't do throwaways, right? right? He he used his time on stage to do All Day, which was a single that sort of fizzled last summer, even though I like it. He did Facts, which is his sneaker commercial that he dropped on New Year's. Which, I'm glad he stands by it, I guess. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. He, he's clearly not running from these, this stuff, so it's not like he doesn't like No More Parties it's in L.A. It's very much like Lindsey Buckingham being like, I know exactly why you guys are all here, but now Mick gets to do a drum solo. Thank you for putting it in terms that, that the Dowager Countess over here can understand. <laughs> Johnny Trumpet and the Dowager Countess. <laughs> yeah, actually, I said Johnny Trombone. I feel like that's even worse. Um, but yeah, but so Kendrick, he, so Kanye has the best rapper in the world 2016 edition, just doing this fun verse, cuts the track. Um, similarly, we saw Andre 3000 in the studio, doesn't appear to be on here. Diddy. Diddy was in the, well, I'm okay with that. But um, 
who's the other big one that we thought maybe might be well i think we thought there would be more of a kendrick contribution since he was sitting on a couch with six mad lib cds at at the ready apparently i mean all this stuff exists and the beauty of living this life of pablo is that something else could happen (laughs) at any moment but but, but the biggest l the biggest l's were caught in this sense by sia and vic mensa who i alluded to before who were crawling around on the the vanessa beecroft stage for saturday night live a year ago singing this song that has finally finally (laughs) been released but they've been delicately when we get in that cd Q of Wolves has been probably one of the most tweeted things yeah, yeah not, of the last 12 months. Not there. No. Not there. Um, okay, who else you got? Well, the last one we have is really just the Sega Dreamcast fans. Yo, there's... <laughs> this you, is a winner. Yeah. Do you remember... People should. This guy Jason Hartley invented something called advanced theory. Now we're not going to do this on this podcast. You should Google it. He wrote a book. Um, our friend Chuck Klosterman has written a lot about it. Uh, Jason is on Twitter, and I feel like Jason should weigh in on this because the idea behind it, and I'm going to not, I'm going to butcher it, right? But the idea of it is that when an artist, an established artist, does something so left field, so out there, that the first reaction is to be like, they've jumped the shark, they've right. lost their mojo, they're insane. The reverse is always true. The, the 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 truth is that they are advanced. They are doing something that is something you just so, don't get it yet. We can't possibly understand right. it. And Lou Reed, being the most advanced artist of all time, um, for all the choices he made in the uh, in the eighties and nineties, right? That came to mind when Kanye finished doing the record, and he was just like. Now I want to share with you the video game I'm having made about only one, my tender ballad about my deceased mother. Right. And the video game clip, which was done in the style of some of my fa- like like knights, like my favorite like Sega Saturn games from the 90s, is of his mother ascending into the clouds, getting her angel wings, and flying towards the pearly gates. Then he said about, then he vented with real anger about how people in San Francisco cursed him out. First of all, not true. <laughs> no, they didn't. They were, they were like, yeah, exactly. They're like, hey, bro, want a vitamin water? Um, when he said he wanted to do this. And you know what? The mar- Let the market decide. Let the market decide if the world is ready for a video game about someone's mom getting her wings. I feel like there's... But then he played it again. And this is so <laughs> advanced that I was just moved by it. This is what we need our artists to do. They need to be on not just the bleeding edge of culture. They need to be on the bleeding edge of sanity. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what we we talked about this on Monday. This is what you get with Kanye, where you're just kind of like, this is the notebook is the final canvas. The and and that is literally true it, with Waves or with with TLOP because we were watching him create this this album yeah, and, by, and, by and, jotting and, down song titles and and let's talk about changing the name of the album th- step there, by step. Th- we are obviously the biggest stands in the world about this, and 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 I love talking about all the ways that Kanye is great and interesting. I even like there's a piece on Slate today about how he's actually a critic and one of our greatest critics because of the way he talks about art and other I think you can things. make that same argument for the way that he basically curates the contemporary the, music that's around him. This too. is what I wanted to say, that even if you take the most negative view of him as a musician or as an artist today, right, and you say that um, what he's doing is curating and what he's doing is collating and collecting and he's taking these cultural strands where he's taking, um, you know, the, the sounds, that the, the, the style of production that Travis Scott brought to him around around uh, Yeezus, right? Or whoever came up, whoever introduced him to the earth-shaking, like, I want to go back to Chicago in 1989. There's a lot of Travis fingerprints on this record, too, I think. But whoever brought him that track, like, okay, house music is what we're going to do now. Right. Someone has to say yes. Someone has to put it together. Someone has to choose what lies on top of what and and deal and live with the, the new flavor that that creates. And so for this record, when he was saying this is a gospel record, 
it is a gospel record, but it's a gospel record with these crazy synth stabs over it. Or with Young Thug talking about, you know, curtains yeah. over it. Or with, like, reclaiming house music, which had started as a very African-American thing in Chicago and then went to Europe and became, like, you know, people tripping balls in Ibiza. I'm sorry, Ibiza. Ibiza, yeah. And bringing, it, and bringing it, literally bringing it back to church on a track like Fade. That is pretty inspiring art to me. It's exciting art. Like, we're, you know, we've been talking 20 minutes about it. We barely, we don't know what we've listened to. Yeah, I mean, I, my initial impressions were that there's like a degree to which it's almost like if you, there, you know, because at the end of Jesus, there's that disconnect between the body of the album and Bound. Yes. Where you're just like, Bound is this, you know, injection of humanity and life and beauty and wonder. Bound is blinking in the sunlight after you've come out of the, the darkest club. After just like listening to Capleton and, and doing cocaine at four in the morning for, yeah. for, for, for like the entire rest of it. And having this record almost sounds like the combination of the two. It sounds like he took some of like the Hudson Mohawk, the electro yeah. stuff that he was doing on Jesus and layered it with like this deep, soulful gospel. Kirk Franklin, and Kelly Price, Rihanna singing Nina Simone hooks. And the playfulness. Yeah. The track where he comes out and he's, you know, and he says like, I made Taylor famous. Yeah. And says something else about her too. Like, that's a part of Kanye that had gone away from the right. music. And when he, in all the time we talked about the build up to this record, the year plus build up, and all the things he said it was going to be. And for a while, it was like, I'm. It's going to be like going back to the backpack where I'm going to play songs you could play at your barbecue. And that it seemed odd that he would announce he was going to go backwards because it's very unlike him. Yeah. And what this album, or whatever this is as of today, seems to suggest is that he did find a way to bring back the vibrancy and fun and, and like youthful spirit of the music, but ground it yeah. in the darker ideas. He's lived through the darker ideas. He keeps them in there. The stuff about family, um, the first track is very moving. Yes. Um, and it's very moving, but it's also completely over the top. It's completely over the top because of Johnny Trombone just blowing them trumpets. I think at the end of the day, and we could wrap up on this, it's just like what he said when somebody was like, F Michael Jordan. And he was like, don't say F Michael Jordan. You know, that that dude is like a, a very important person. But he's like, but when I come to MSG, I play one on none. And this is just, he is still sort of just this singular artist. There's just nobody who creates this kind of tilting of the axis like he does. Nobody, nobody else can do it. Nobody else can get us do a podcast <laughs> on such short notice or have so much fun talking about it. Um, so we'll wrap it up there. This has been the Watch Re-Up. We'll be back on Monday when we'll be doing a lot of TV talk. We'll be covering the first episode of Vinyl. Oh, yeah. And we'll preview Better Call Saul. Oh, yes. And we'll talk a little bit of Horace and Pete, which yeah. is the Louis C.K. show that he dropped out of and, nowhere on his website. And maybe we'll bring it back to London Spy, which I think is finally ending, and we have some thoughts about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Out. Okay. Thanks very much, guys. Great job, Kanye.